Hello again, wherever you are, whatever the time of day or night. Welcome. My name is Michael Jackson, and this is the place where we randomly take a look at some of the headlines and lesser issues that might well influence every one of us. Starting with the Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. Does she have much or any clout, any significance in the Middle East? Probably not. She's traveling a lot on behalf of the president from Lebanon to Saudi Arabia, Israel, Jordan. But frankly, the whole world knows that our president no longer wields power within the United States, his own country. That means his emissaries are powerless abroad. Just ask the Secretary of State. Remember bin Laden? Where is he? What's he up to? From reports, Osama has trained a whole generation, a new generation of al-Qaeda leaders. They operate out of the lawless tribal areas of Pakistan. The U.S.-led invasion into Afghanistan in 2001 succeeded in routing them from there, now working from a variety of places. They have an offshoot called Al-Qaeda in Iraq. These are increasingly well-trained and well-equipped fighters. The Department of Homeland Security has assigned over 300 officers to track down fugitive aliens. That's foreigners who have been tracked down and yet have ignored orders to leave the country. It's a seemingly hopeless task. The latest tally of these people who are really illegally in the country, they've committed crimes here and they're on the run. Now number, are you ready for this? 636,000. I would surmise that many hundreds of thousands of them have given birth to children in this country. They are uniquely and automatically citizens. So if we catch them, will we deport them and separate them from their own infants who are absolutely legal U.S. citizens? Think about it. The Democrats have passed their first hundred days of leadership in the House and Senate. The first three months, they've been okay, but neither Nancy Pelosi or Harry Reid has dominated the public consciousness, certainly not as uh, Newt Gingrich did when the Republicans came to power in their sweep in 1995. Is there a why? Yeah, simple answer. It comes from Time magazine's Joe Klein. He puts it this way. A much bigger story is unfolding. The epic collapse of the Bush administration. You know, the year is at early spring, and it's already produced three massive stories. The decision to surge in Iraq the horrendous revelations about the treatment of wounded veterans at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center, and the firing of eight U.S. attorneys for simply political reasons. This administration is awful. They are arrogant, they are cynical, and they're bloody incompetent. This is surely one of the worst administrations ever. Just a few days ago, the chief executive accused the Democrats of being, and I quote, more interested in fighting political battles in Washington than providing our troops with what they need. That is outrageous. Particularly, it is his leadership which has failed to provide our troops with what they need. I would love the opportunity to meet the president, look him in the eyes, and hear his answer to the question, on what do you base your qualification to lead? Iraq to the moment, our troops are fighting bravely, but by almost any measurement, time is running out. U.S. forces have suffered more than 27,000 killed and wounded, and many of our exhausted army units are back on their third and fourth tour of duty. Though they've killed more than 20,000 insurgents, the insurgency just grows and grows. There are reckoned to be now over 100,000 armed militia members, and the insurgents continue to challenge authorities. 
our exhausted army can only fight for just so long. Their Prime Minister, Nuri al-Maliki, has promised the United States that it would disband the militias, but rid his cabinet of Shiite extremists, reach an agreement for the distribution of oil revenues, and seek a political funding bill. You know what's happened? Nothing. Nothing has been attempted. The Democrats are right to insist that the Iraqi government meet these critical demands or lose the support of the U.S. troops. A question to our current godfather of political humor, Bill Maher, received a most typically biting and appropriate response. Playboy magazine asked after the Democratic upset in the midterm election and with a year and a half left of the Bush administration, are you satisfied? Are you feeling more optimistic about the country? Here's the ad-libbed response. Are you kidding? It's a disaster, unmitigated. Every day we're kidding more American soldiers for an immoral and unwinnable war based on lies. We're killing innocent Iraqis. Much of the rest of the world loathes us. He said, the environment is disintegrating. It's one debacle after another. We're infinitely less safe than we were before 9-11. Other than that, everything's great. Of course, the president disagrees. He claims that the world is safer now. Oh, really? Question emailed from PK of Kansas City. What do some people have against Vice President Dick Cheney's old company, Halliburton? Well, it starts with the Veep himself. He was the massive company's CEO from 1995 until 2000. Critics have long complained that Halliburton's Iraq contracts, awarded without a bidding process, resulted from political favoritism. A typical example. In one case, Halliburton billed the government $27.4 million dollars for a shipment of natural gas from Kuwait, 27.4 million. That's interesting, because it cost the company 82,000. There are many, many stories like this. Halliburton was serving 14,000 meals a day to our troops at one particular base, and that's great, 14,000 troops. However, they charged for 42,000. Do you tip on that? They have quite a record for overcharging. Iran and the hostage-taking. Grabbing hostages gets results for the Iranians, that's why they do it. This past week, their president, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, pardoned, as he put it, the 15 British sailors and marines who were captured two weeks ago. He claimed, it is a gift from our people. Despite the smile on his face, Iran's leadership is deeply divided. It appears more and more likely that the capture of the British servicemen in Iraqi waters was an apparent solo effort by the Revolutionary Guards, the ultra-hard-lined militia that runs the country's rapidly developing nuclear program. The guards obviously are hoping to spoil any attempt at negotiation with the West. Whatever the internal politics, Iran blew it. They miscalculated. The abduction made it appear again that Iran is a reckless and untrustworthy state. Western nations should work together and make a few small concessions. Iran can be managed, but not by force. Iran can be managed and progress made through diplomacy. Besides... President Bush, seriously, is there anyone else who wants to go to war with Iran? Just about every Western intelligence service believes that Iran will build a deliverable nuclear weapon in a very short while. And frankly, there's nothing militarily that can be done to stop them. Some would say bomb them back to the Stone Age. That would be worse than living with a nuclear Iran. The answer? Talk. Talk until Iran brings about change in their society and leadership. 
Sir Winston Churchill put it in just a few simple words. And he was right then, he's just as right now. Rather jaw, jaw, jaw than war, war, war. Speaking of that war, Iraq, the number of Iraqis who have left, who have fled their homes, their birthplace, is over two million. That is fully 10% of the entire pre-war population. Here's a number I don't believe. This country's planning to admit just 7,000 Iraqis as immigrants this year, legally or illegally, I wonder, with the correct papers and approval or not. You know that number will increase dramatically. How do you feel about Guantanamo, Gitmo? I'm thinking of the motley group of men, once over 700 strong that we held, now reduced to just under 400, imprisoned there as suspected terrorists and collaborators and probably some wholly innocent people. Would you believe that over the five years of captivity, the administration has indicated that at most they're going to prosecute no more than 80? I agree with our mostly conservative Supreme Court on this one. In 2004, the court ruled that under federal law, inmates could petition for a writ of habeas corpus. Now, we know that the facility has housed some pretty rotten people, dangerous followers of al-Qaeda and the Taliban. I'm not in favor of a get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm, I'm in favor of the true American way, restoring the right to be tried, restoring the right to contest their confinement, due process. Denying them, the terrorist suspects, their day in court really is wholly unnecessary a scandal. A French train set a new speed record for conventional rail travel last week. It flashed down the track at 357.2 miles per hour. If only we would emulate the example that the European nations are determined to achieve as conventional. It's part of their great express service they call the TGV, at the train à grande vitesse. They put on the demonstration to impress the Chinese, who desperately need the latest in technology and rapid transit for their rapidly growing network of transportation. The Chinese have plans already to build more than 7,500 miles of ultra-high-speed railways over the next decade. 357.2 miles per hour. But uh, for those who keep check of such matters, it isn't a world speed record. Using a different technology, the maglev, or magnetically levitated train, the Japanese made it to 361 mph, and that was back in 2003. We must emulate these success stories if we're going to continue being the world's one true superpower prepared for the challenges of the 21st century. Many more thoughts, ideas, comments, and opinions to follow at random times of day on a fairly regular schedule. Join us for more and log on to the website for your views and questions anytime. I'm Michael Jackson. Things will get better somehow, someday. Bye now. God bless. <laughs>